Canadian Export Challenge and the Startup Canada Awards are coming to a city near you. Entrepreneurs in Vancouver, Edmonton, Winnipeg, Mississauga, Montreal, and Fredericton have the opportunity for a full-day entrepreneurial experience. In the morning and afternoon, attend your one-day global accelerator where you will connect to Canada's entire trade, export, and growth ecosystem. Accepted entrepreneurs have the chance to pitch to win $25,000 in cash and up to an additional $100,000 in in-kind scaling support. In the evening, celebrate the winners of the 2019 Startup Canada Awards who are driving innovation and growing the economy in your region. Register for the Canadian Export Challenge at startupcan.ca forward slash CXC and get your tickets to your local award ceremony at startupaward.ca. Your insurance needs are as unique as the work you do and the industry you're in. Having the right protection in place is just the start. There's so much you can do to mitigate risks to your business for today and as you grow. At Sovereign Insurance, we're here to help with valuable information, insights, tips, and tools to help you protect your operations. Visit SovereignInsurance.ca to learn more. I landed a contract in Italy, but I need five freelancers to make it happen. I said, sure, let's chat over coffee. With Export Development Canada, risk doesn't stop you. EDC, take on the world. Building your dream, work-life balance, scaling up, discussing the topics that matter most to entrepreneurs. He's Rivers Corbett on the Startup Canada podcast. Welcome to the Startup Canada podcast, a show serving Canada's entrepreneurship community. On this show, we connect you with the most innovative and entrepreneurial movers, shakers, and change makers across Canada. With day-in-the-life stories and in-their-shoes experiences, we dive into the true grit of running startup and scale-up companies and those driving the entrepreneurial movement. The Startup Canada podcast show is a production of Startup Canada, the national rallying community for Canada's 2.3 million entrepreneurs. If you are a regular show listener, welcome back. If you're new to the program, don't forget to subscribe to the show on iTunes, Google Play Music, and wherever else you listen to podcasts. You know, one of the great things I love about interviewing amazing rock star entrepreneurs from across the planet is what we learn from them. And that's why I started Go Forth Garage. Go Forth Garage is all about providing you with the resources, the coaching, the mentorship, the programs to help you in your business. Just check us out at GoForthGarage.com. That's GoForth garage.com ladies and gentlemen welcome to the startup canada podcast show i love speaking to entrepreneurs from coast to coast to coast particularly in canada although i've also loved because we get a chance to talk to other entrepreneurs around the world and you know today's guest is a well-known community advocate in the gta and for those of you that are wondering what the gta is it's the greater toronto area i think anyway that's what i go by who's making waves nationally with her all-female 
ride-sharing company driver. Aisha Addo is the idea to build a ride-sharing service for women and by women came out of an uncomfortable ride in a cab that left her feeling unsafe. The startup not only provides girls in the GTA an alternative mode of transportation from Uber, taxis, or public transportation, but opens up employment opportunities for women in an industry that is over 85% male. Aisha's commitment to protecting women while at the same time empowering them has given her the opportunity to jumpstart a successful entrepreneurial career. Aisha's dedication to female empowerment is thrown through is shown through her past work, including the creation of Power to Girls Foundation, a nonprofit that offers mentors and role models to young girls. The Toronto-based organization ended up going global when she started the Ghana Project in her home country, providing underprivileged girls with education on leadership skills and economic freedom. And all of Aisha's hard work has not gone unnoticed, being the recipient of the Young Black and Gifted Award for Community Service while being named a Black Diversity Group role model. I love it. One of 100 Black women to watch in Canada and being among the 150 Black women making history in Toronto. In today's podcast, we're going to go on an incredible, I had to say it, ride with Aisha's commitment to women empowerment in an entrepreneurial role and what challenges she's had to face in her many, many endeavors. Welcome to the Startup Canada podcast, Aisha. Thank you so much for having me, River. So really, really excited to be here. Yeah, well, I'm excited to have you. It's an amazing journey you've been on. And what I want you to do is, is take us through that day uh, uh, or night or whatever it was that you said, enough, I got to fix this problem. Can you share that with us? Absolutely. So the, the interesting thing about um, that experience was that I didn't get the idea to actually start drive her ride then and there. It was a reminder to me, as a matter of fact, but then... The moment that I was like enough was when I heard so many women sharing the experiences of um, having uncomfortable situations, having, you know, in some cases being harassed. And the question that I always asked was around, why, why didn't you report it? You know, why this? And then they always said, no one will believe me. And it had become so normal and so second nature for women to experience violence um, on a day-to-day basis, but then also when they're traveling. So that was the point that I was like, enough, it's time for us to have an alternative and it's time for us to really think about how women interact with um, transportation services and transportation as a whole. Perfect. So what happened? Uh, what happened next? So I, I love I love it. I love it. I love it because the pain point is so deep. And by the way, it, it's not only for women, but it's, I got to tell you, it's also for parents of young women also. I know my, I have two young daughters and I always hated it when they would have to travel alone back to the house via taxi. So I totally understand. And we would actually say to her, can you call and see if they've got a, a woman driver? So the pain point is deep, deep, deep. So you decided that that I got to do something about it. So take us through that first six months of when you, uh, when you started drive her, by the way, I love the name. (laughs) Drive her. Yes. So, I mean, first, the first six months. So actually what ended up happening was, um, just speaking to different, um, you know, women and also 
through my work with Power to Girls, just speaking to the young girls and understanding sort of like what their experiences were. Um, I was online and I came across an article that talked about a service um, dedicated to women that had started in India. And I was so fascinated. I'm like, oh my God, this is so amazing. So I shared it on our Power to Girls page and I'm like, this is so badass. So I shared it and, and I started thinking about it and I started thinking, wow, like this is really amazing. So I started looking into like if there were services like that in Toronto or any other parts of the world. And unfortunately, I didn't find a lot. So I went up to my friend. I'm like, hey, I have an idea. I'm going to start a service that is dedicated specifically for women. And he was so excited. He's like, yeah, sure. Go ahead and do it. And I'm like, no, I, nice. I don't think that's going to be possible. I'm like, is there even a demand for this? So I started speaking to women and just hearing these different stories. And, you know, I went up to women. I'm like, hey, I have this idea. If there was a service that was dedicated specifically for you would you use it why and the response was amazing it was mm. and this it was just it was it was it was sort of like you know one of the things the words that i heard a lot was like finally office yes why yes. not? Um, and you mentioned something that was so profound is that like we also got requests from parents that are like, right. I want my daughter to use the service. I want my son to use the service. I, right. It really allowed us to really notice and recognize that the problem and the issue that we're trying to solve is not just something that is innate to women, but then also even trans women, you know, women that um, are going through transition, women that experience violence. Well, I think that that's, uh, that's really cool cool and you've also verified or validated uh, your idea which a lot of business people don't do so um, so uh, you know what uh, what are what are um, t- tell me about your first driver uh, what did she uh, what did she ultimately determine what did she ultimately experience uh, you know what was her name all those sorts of things how did you find her Yes. So I think once we started, um, you know, the process of developing DriveHer, what we did was we put a call out and said, hey, we're doing this thing. Um, You know, we're launching this time. Um, We didn't end up launching at that time, but we're like, we're launching this time. We want to know if there are people that are interested in actually driving. So I actually met up with a mentor. And he's like, if you're able to get 10 women to say they are going to be drivers, then you actually have a business. So like, okay, great. Now I have to find 10 women. So we put a call out and we got not countless number of women. They're like, yes, I'm going to drive. Yes, I'm going to drive. Yes, I'm going to drive. I mean, after going through all the process, we recognize that there are different aspects, like in terms of like maybe the cars being too old and all that stuff. So they weren't actually able to get on the platform. But for me, that was, again, like, you know, the validation. So one of our very first drivers, um, we hosted uh we hosted um, an orientation session and she came in and we started talking. And I'm like, one of the things that I always love asking my drivers is, why do you want to drive or drive her? Why is driver so important to you? And she's like, you know what? Um, getting the opportunity to really drive women around and like recognizing that you've also thought about my safety, something that is super important to me. Um, and we also had drivers that are coming from like, you know, all the different platforms forms all the different um you know like services and sharing those experiences with us you know so i remember after the very first um ride that we offered through like one of our demos the women came back and they're like you know what that was such a beautiful experience for me because i just i got the opportunity to have conversations with you know these women but then 
things that I love so much about Driver is that we're supporting women entrepreneurs. We're like amazing people that, you know, we're connecting to other amazing women. So, yeah, that's just, that was what it was. <laughs> so, and, and why, do, why do you feel it's important to invest in women in, uh, in the business world? You know, what, uh, what do women, what are they bringing to this, this, this traditionally male-dominated industry? Mm, they're bringing empathy. Ah. Uh, they're bringing empathy. And I, I mean, it sounds so like flowery, but one of the things that um, I remember actually one of our drivers said to me is that like, you know, she at that the time when driver wasn't around, she um, drove for like all the other services around. And then she said, you know, for me, it was always the women that get into my car feel so relieved every time they get into the car, mainly because they know that, you know, this is someone that is looking out for them. Um and that empathetic aspect is like, you know, when the driver says, you know, I want to be able to provide these service for younger girls because I know that I would want someone to do that for my daughter. So I think it's like that level of empathy and that level of support that, you know, the service actually represents and that level of community. That is what they bring to a very male dominated industry. Um, they bring expertise. They bring their heart, like they bring themselves, you mm. know, so, do you have a uh, do you have a um, um, a uniform policy on how they're supposed to do, uh, how they're supposed to dress for 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 their work? No, no, not at the moment. We don't. We just tell them to come as they are. Ah, <laughs> very cool. I love it. I love it. And how do you market your business? How do you get people when you start it? Um, you know, I, I'm 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 assuming that a large part of your marketing efforts were uh, were word of mouth based on people just experiencing it. Yes. Yes, absolutely. And I mean, it still is like we've we've really focused on like leveraging the word of mouth and social media and different social media channels. Um, we also got um, some a lot of press coverage as well. So that's been honestly one of the ways that we've been um We've been leveraging, you know, the platform and like leveraging the service and sharing the service. Um, of course, like explore other marketing channels as well. But right now it's been word of mouth and social media and more digital, uh, like focusing more on like the digital aspect um, as well. Love it. Love it. How important is it giving back to the community while you're in the midst of starting and trying to keep uh, profitable? Is there a balance there or do you start right off in the beginning? How do you, uh, how does Drive Her do that? By the way, I think it's important that, that the audience knows it's Drive and then H-E-R. It's a brilliant Brilliant, brilliant name. And actually, I'm going to back away from my original question because I want to talk about that. How how did you go about coming up with a name like like Drive Her? And what was the process of, uh, of branding that? I mean, getting the URL and so on. Again, it's very much a startup question, but I think it's important yeah. that not enough. I hate it when I see things like, you know, Joe's Barbershop. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> you know, can I just guess? And please tell me at least the guy's name is Joe. <laughs> I know. Right? You enter and it's like, so who's Joe? And like, there's no one here. There's no Joe. one named Joe here. <laughs> so take us on the journey and drive her. Yes. Oh, my goodness. So this is, this is, this is a story I actually love telling because um, when I – thought of the idea one of the most hardest aspects was finding a name for it yes um you know so i did a survey um and i shared the survey with um 
like I actually did like a Facebook poll and a Facebook survey. So yes. I sent it out to folks and I'm like, hey, I want to know your thoughts. Like, you know, we're starting the service and all of that stuff. And then I told people, I'm like, if you had this service, what would you call it? You know, we got some really interesting names like Uber for her and like mm. all that. Like, really, guys? Really? <laughs> so, uh, we got name like Pink Cap. We got like some really interesting, um, you know, Originally, it was going to be called Power Cab, but okay. I'm like, okay, well, that would not sit well with a lot of people. Um, so throughout the survey, one of my friends, actually, one of my coworkers at that time, she sub- she submitted her um, she submitted her survey, the ideas that folks were bringing, and then she put drive her, and I turned to her and I'm like, I am going to use that name. That is- <laughs> Um, and she's like, absolutely. So she actually came up with the name Drive Her. Um, and, you know, it's it's funny because I love sharing that story. And I've had other people that are like, you know, it's sort of like a play on words on Driver. Yes. Like, yes. Right? Yes. Really? So, yeah. It's, it is so cool. There's another um, woman entrepreneur that I was talking to um, and her company is called Dozer. And what she does is she um, uh, she finds ways to take heavy equipment that isn't being used and to offer it to other places around North America who we could use it because the the whole premise is that the heavy equipment is working for set for seven months and it's idle for five and so she calls her company Dozer which is one the bulldozer but also it's dozing because of uh, their, their sleep during five months out of the year so I love you get that double on top. It is so cool. So cool. So giving back to the community. Thanks for allowing me to take that drive down. I think that, that, that's important. Um, how, uh, how, how is Driver giving back to the community now? Uh, you know, you're a relatively young company. What are your thoughts around that when you're starting off when ultimately, you know, the, the bank needs, uh, needs uh, the bills paid? Definitely. Absolutely. I mean, one of the things that like for myself um, and my team was very important is around like giving back to community. Um, That's something that personally I am very um, like passionate about and I ensure that that's something that we do. Um, Currently, like like you mentioned, because we are a startup, what we do is more like connecting more with like community organizations um, on a grassroots level um, and seeing ways that we can extend our services to them um, in a way that, of course, is affordable, but then also provides that support that we do want to provide. Um, so that's how we do it. Eventually, as we continue to grow and scale, it is going to be something that, you know, we're going to have like a whole different arm, which targets specifically um, community organizations Um but then also connecting to like really like, you know, connecting to shelters, connecting to hospitals and all of that stuff and seeing ways. So how we can support the causes that our customers care about, right? And our right. Um, so that's something that is in the works. We're still, you know, dotting on our, our I's and crossing our T's on that one. But for me, like community involvement and community support is very, very important because as I have learned from my work with Power to Girls, community is what sustains you. Community is what, you know, keeps you growing. Community is what takes you to the next level. So it's really important that we keep that in mind and we have that like you know for us it's part of our mandates um for us to provide to community and support community so yeah, cool. just 
keep doing that. <laughs> yeah, you do keep going. I mean, uh, and and I think it's very powerful. You, you've talked about powers to girls. Did you t- did you start that before Drive Her? Yes, I did. Yeah, can you take us on that journey? What was the what was the uh, the the aha moment you said, like you did with Driver? Uh, then I said, no, I'm going to I'm going to tackle that. You are uh, you 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 actually don't just talk about it; you make it happen, and that's so impressive. So, what was that go to moment where uh, Power to Girls Foundation was uh, was started, and how has it been uh, growing over the past while? Yes, absolutely. Thank you so much for that question. That I always refer to Power to Girls as my first baby, mm. um, <laughs> because it's sort of like you know, it's it's what what brought me to you know this stage of like even drive her. So I I came to Canada like when I was fourteen, and it's always very interesting. Um, sort of like just trying to get back, trying to fit in essentially into a different country um, with a different culture. Um, and one of the things that I realized was that there was a lot of folks that were around me. There was a lot of, um, you know, communities that I was in, but then no one really took the time to sort of like help myself um, and like the people around me to get comfortable in this new environment. And there was a lot of questions that like, you know, I had, but then one of the aha moments was for me actually being in foster care. Um, so I ended up in foster care, being in foster care and having a conversation with my foster mom. So she's like, you know, Aisha, you're expected to not finish high school. You're expected to become a teenage mother. You're expected um, all these different things. And I really and truly wanted to scream out loud and said, no, I'm not going to be a stereotype. But then mm-hmm. I just listened to what she was going to say. Um, and then I recognized that it wasn't just something that she was saying, but it was something that in retrospect, society expected right. of that were in the system or folks that like, you know, found themselves in the system. So I went to my church um, that during that time. And I also noticed that there were so many young girls in the church and like, this was a small church. So it's so easy for them to just be left behind. Um, and no one like necessarily like taking the time out to have conversations with them and just see where they're at and like what they like, you know, what support they needed. So one girl, I went to church one time and one of the girls, like, you know, someone had just said something to her and she was crying. And I'm like, listen here, on Friday, we're going to meet up, not just me and you, but all the girls in the church. And we're just going to have conversations. We're going to talk. And literally, that was just how it started. We just oh, cool. Six girls came, 10 girls. And then later on, they're like, OK, we want to make this big. We want to organize a conference. So we organized the conference in the community. We brought about 60 girls um, that day. We brought speakers, we brought mentors, and like it just grew from there. Um, and now like we have a partnership with the Toronto Catholic School Board. So we actually run the programs in the schools, um, which is really amazing. And then we got the opportunity to also expand our work into Ghana, which happens to be my home country. Right. But really just seeing how like, you know, the issues that girls face in North America and the issues that girls face in other parts of the world are very similar. You know, self-esteem issues, mental wellness and all that right. stuff very similar it's just that due to cultural differences it's dealt with in different ways so for us it was a matter of like how do we bridge all of these different gaps and how do we ensure that girls are empowered enough to know that they can be entrepreneurs they can be doctors they can be lawyers they can be whatever it is that they choose to be um and i'm just so happy that i get a chance to be a part of that 
it's so incredible. Yeah. Yeah, it really is incredible. And I, again, I, I, what you've got is a, a you know social entre- enterprise, but also you have a, a business enterprise which has social components associated with it. So, um, so where's where where is Power to Girls now? Um, and in the sense of where is it going next? I guess that's the, more the question: is where is it going to be? What's your vision for the next couple of years? Yeah, absolutely. Thank you so much for that question. I love I love the question about it. Awesome. <laughs> yes, I'm, I got a good question. Two of them. Love it. <laughs> um, where to next? I mean, we're going to keep doing, you know, the work that we do here with the schools. We're going to be expanding into new schools um, and more schools. But then also, like, one of the things that has been on my heart for a very long time is to develop, like, build in a leadership center in Ghana where we're going to be taking everything from um, formal education to informal education, STEM and everything else, and like actually providing resources and support for the young girls there, but then also providing them with entrepreneurial skills. So that's something that like is really on my heart that I want to do in Ghana, but then something that I also want to extend here in Canada, because we are adding like a little bit of technology, um, like we're adding a technology aspect to the services that we provide. Um, And there's some stuff that we're cooking up, but I cannot reveal that yet. Okay. (laughs) It's going to be amazing. Like we're looking at like, how can we connect young girls together? But then how can we ensure that like, you know, they're getting access to all the resources and the mentors that are available to them across the world. So it's going to be exciting. Well, now I can understand why you have been, uh, you know, received the Young Black and Gifted Award for community service, in addition getting named the Black Diversity Group Role Model, one of 100 black women to watch in Canada and being the one among the 150 black women making history in Toronto. Uh, really amazing stuff. So what would you say to uh, to a, a woman who wants to be a role model? What are, what are you know, to other, uh, to other women? to other young women, to girls. Um, How does someone go about doing that? Because I hear this all the time about, I want to get involved, but I really don't know how. Honestly, one of the things that I say is that, yes, you're right. You do have something to offer. um, And the best way to do is just being yourself. Um, I think because like, you know, mentorship and like role modeling has become such a buzzword. Sometimes we feel like it has to be in sort of like a formal setting or like an informal setting. I always say, just be yourself, like, and start where you're at. Right. So if it's at work and you want to provide more support or you want to mentor, you want to, um, in a way sort of like, um, extend the learnings that you have gotten, it's just a matter of like seeing around you and seeing the person that reminds you of yourself when you were that age, like, you know what I mean? And just starting there. Um, it could be, you know, sometimes just walking down the road and like, just telling young girls or like telling young people, seeing the people that you come in contact with, reminding them who they are and saying, you know, you're beautiful and saying you're intelligent, you're smart. Because I think it's, it's an everyday thing. It's just a matter of like being yourself and extending that aspect of yourself to the world. Um, it can be a bit exhausting. Yes. It can be a bit, um, you know, like overwhelming, but it's just a matter of like, sometimes just waking up and saying, you know what, I'm going to tell five people, I'm going to put a smile on five people's faces today. And it can be just as easy as you actually smiling to five people, you know, so it's, right. it's a very, right. it's, it's a very personal thing. And you have to get to the point where you ask yourself, what do I want to give? Um, and then taking it from there. 
And, and on that note, I'm sure that you've uh, faced some adversity in an all-male dominated uh, industry with uh, Drive Her. Is that how you ultimately deal with the, with the uh, I'll, I'll call it the criticism, uh, the challenges? You just say, have a nice day, and you just you just kind of, sh- you just watch me type of attitude. Is that kind of how you've approached that, that criticism in a traditionally all male dominated, uh, primary dom- male dominant uh, industry? Um, it, it's a little bit of both. So I do, there are moments where I'm like, you know what? I really hear you. I understand you, but you just proved my point. Um, <laughs> well, there are other days where I'm like, okay, let's like, I, I think it's, it's as an entrepreneur, it's very, it's very hard to not get personal with your products yes. or your products. Um, so it's really and truly learning to get to the point where I take criticism um, of driver, of power to girls and all those different things, not as a personal attack, but as a way of learning and analyzing things from a different perspective. Um, and to be honest with you, like listening to like critics and listening to the thoughts of other people on the service has really and truly helped myself as an entrepreneur, but then also as a driver, because it also allowed us to recognize some of the challenges or the issues that we're going to face that we're going to like, you know, come across and being able to mitigate that before it actually happens. Mm. So I think it's it's a matter of like, if it, is it a constructive criticism? Is it something that, you know, bears merit? Or is it just someone that is just upset at the fact that you have a service for women? Like, I, I think it's also just cheating the battles, right? Yeah. So someone that genuinely is like, you know what? I think this is great. However, have you thought about this, 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 or these are my questions for you. Um, if you're able to answer them, then that's different. But then when someone is just hateful and vile, I normally don't try to get, give them too much of my energy. I don't try to give them. <laughs> right. Um, but it's been, been a learning process to be honest. And it, navigating those different, um, challenges as well. Yeah, I, I think it's beautiful. And what what else is there anything else that you do beyond the letting your drivers be who they are and uh, obviously being women drivers that that uh, appeal to that uh, resonate with uh, your 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 female passengers? Um, no, yeah, absolutely. So one of the things that we do, of course, aside from like, you know, ensuring that they are actually eligible to drive and they have all the they pass all the background screenings and all of those different things, is that we um, in the new year we're going to be introducing um, workshops specifically for our drivers and for our customers that enhance themselves and their personal um, sort of like their personal hustles, if that's the way to put it. Because like I mentioned earlier, our drivers are also entrepreneurs in themselves. So we provide workshops and resources that allows them to grow their individual businesses. Um, And this is something that we're doing in partnership with um, local community organizations and community partners as well. Um, So that's something that we're really excited about because we do believe that in order for us as an organization, as a company to grow, we have to make sure that our 
like our drivers, our employees, all of those people are growing as well. And how do we provide those opportunities of growth? So that's one of the things that we're really, really passionate about. Right. What about your customers, though, when they get in the cars? Is there anything that's uh, unique? Uh, how do you, um, you know, I'll just use the proverbial bottle of water when they get in the in the cars. Is there anything that's unique to to your uh, clients that you say they say, oh, my gosh, that is so wonderful. Yes. Like, honestly, like, and that's part of the thing that we really do want to create that experience for our customers. So um, a few of our cars, but in the new year, most of our cars would have wellness box, wellness boxes in the cars. Right. Um, so essentially a wellness, wellness box is going to have anything from like, you know, tampons and pads and like, yeah. you know, like just little knickknacks that a lady will need, you know, sure. if you're going on a date and you might need to like, you know, touch up on your lipstick or whatever and yeah. maybe just have stuff in the vehicle for you so that you know that like, you know, we are thinking about you as a person. Yes. Um, and then, yeah, we also have some safety tips that is embedded in the app as well. And a couple of like, you know, inspirational quotes here and there that's, it's hidden, but then it's also very visible. Ah. So you know, when you do have those moments and you just open the app. How do you, um, do you, do you gather data on your, on your customers? Aisha? do you, um, how do you learn about the things that, that you're, that, that are important to your customer? So to be honest with you, that is something that we have not done very well. Um, then we use the experiences of ourselves as women, right. um, and and on my team, we're like, you know what? We always think of it as we're building a product for ourselves because uh, I am not a person, right? right? So when I see updates of the app, it's like, okay, I'm experiencing it as a customer. Um, I'm experiencing it as a user and not necessarily a technical person. So my experiences are different. And I'm always able to go back to my dev team and say, hey, um, okay, I know this makes sense technically, but um, from a user perspective, this does not make sense. Our customers are not going to like this or enjoy this. So really also just recognizing that we are first the customers before we are the providers. Mm. Um, putting ourselves in the shoes of our customers. Yeah, I think that's really, really cool. Who's a um, who's a mentor of yours? Oh, man, I have so many. Um, <laughs> I think my virtual mentor, and she probably is the virtual mentor of a lot of young women as well, is Michelle Obama. Yes. I cannot wait to meet her in person. I love how you uh, said that. I love how you <laughs> said you didn't say, I hope I get to meet her. You said, I can't wait to meet her. It will happen just because of the way you just said that. Thank you. I appreciate mm. that. Yeah, so she's like my virtual mentor. Um, but then I've had the privilege of being mentored by some really amazing women in the community. Nice. Miss Emily Mills is one of them. Carlene Purcell is one of them. Claudette McCowan is one of them. Um, and for me, I'm always also looking for mentors. So if there's anyone that hears this and is like, I would like to mentor this woman. <laughs> So for that as well. that's so cool. So how does uh, how does somebody get a hold of you, Aisha? If they uh, they want to hang out again, LinkedIn, uh, Facebook. How's that how's that best work for you for someone to contact you? I am everywhere. <laughs> I'm on LinkedIn. I'm on Instagram. I'm on I'm on Twitter. I'm on Facebook. Um, and they can always you know reach out to me via email as well. Um, at Aisha at driveher.ca. So I'm very accessible. Um, and I just want to build the communities. So, um, so here's a question for you. I bet you're getting a lot of calls from people now saying, do you franchise? Can I bring this business to my city? Um, are you, how do you handle those inquiries? I'm, I'm, I, I'm assuming that you're getting those type of uh, calls, but, uh, yeah. how do you, how do you handle those right now? 
honestly, we have been getting those calls. Um, so for us right now, we are looking at it more from sort of like a need. An, we're looking at it from a needs basis. Yes. So in terms of like different um, communities and different organizations or like different countries that want to bring, you know, driver, it's more like, well, is this something that is prevalent in those communities. We want to go where the need is higher. Um, so that's how we're looking at it right now. Um, we are looking for partners um, in different parts of you know, Canada as well. So we're open to the conversations, but it would be something that would happen in the new year, um, not right now. Well, good for you. It's uh, in, um, one, it's good for you to not respond and say, okay, this is great. Uh-huh. I says, I'm going to expand. You're taking your time because there's a strategy behind it. I remember I was talking to a, a friend of mine who runs propertyguys.com, which is now uh, across Canada, into the States and into Australia. And he always said, you know, make sure you have the strategy and be honest with that because what's going to happen, you will get inquiries from around the world and you have to be able to support them once the uh get into business with you so make sure that's very systematic aisha this has been an amazing conversation i can't congratulate you enough on your journey your passion your heart uh and uh, your energy and how lucky we are to to have you as an entrepreneur in canada and and uh for all the right reasons for your foundation and uh i'm sure the the, the <laughs> your countrymen and women in ghana are, are smiling quite hard too for what you're doing there so uh, thank you so much for being on the startup canada podcast show it's really been uh, been my honor to have this conversation thank you so very much rivers you actually made this conversation really amazing thank you that's sweet of you to say have a good day thank you for joining us this week on the startup canada podcast a show dedicated to unlocking the entrepreneurial potential of every entrepreneur with access to inspiring stories and tangible lessons to help you run your business want access to resources and support to grow your business visit startupcan.ca for the latest startup community news and upcoming events like our popular hashtag startup chats on twitter every wednesday and friday at 12 p.m eastern till next week i'm rivers corbett leaving you with a sneak peek of next week's episode. Hi, this is James Bocher, Chief ID Officer, CEO, and Custodian of Culture at Fiasco, and you're listening to Startup Canada Podcast with Rivers Corbett. Yeah, 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 that's right. Let him go. Absolutely. My friend, you you are, quote unquote, the CEO, the Custodian of Culture, and the Chief Idea Officer. <laughs> Dude, breakdown. What is each what is sure. what is the responsibility of each one of those for right. our entrepreneur audience? <laughs> okay, so early days, uh, I never wanted to be, you know, I'm I'm a kid that grew up with not very much and, and never went to post-secondary school. So for me to put CE on a business card just seemed like a, a bit of a sham. So um, <laughs> early days, I just said chief ID officer. I've got to I got to think up all the ideas as we continue to build this company and and champion them. And so that's really what my job was. And then, you know, as we started to enter, I would say a little bit more of a I don't want to say a serious level, but there's a certain 
and like who is the CEO kind of question. Yeah, uh, yeah. I decided to to riff on that and say, okay, chief ID officer and CEO, and still sort of keep the charisma and and the energy of of what Fiasco is. And then it was only about a year and a half ago we launched a thing called the Fiasco Culture Book, yes. and this is this is literally you know uh, 80 pages that when you join the company you get it on your first day and it it scripts essentially everything you need to know what it's like when you screw up uh how we're not perfect and really allows insights into into the culture at at an early early stage and as we were writing this um someone sort of said you know is it you that champions this or is it the the team and i said it's got to be the team. It can't be me anymore. So uh-huh. I went from sort of the chief culture officer, we'll say, into the custodian of culture. And, you know, I love the word custodian because it's, you know, I remember being in school <laughs> yeah. and, and, and there was there was that, you know, people are like, oh, that's the janitor. And that was when people didn't show respect. But when you said custodian, it gave it this level of like, a, a, a responsibility to make sure that the gym floor was clean and you know everything was neat and tidy and i feel that in our organization like we have a thing called culture club and i'm not a part of it the team basically handles all of the things that have to do with it all my job is to do is when it gets messy i come in and i clean it up mm-hmm.